Hello, this is Don Carter. Welcome to our brand new Internet of the Mind podcast. Thanks for joining us. The Internet of the Mind is about the role our subconscious mind plays in constructing the world in ways that best suit our internal functioning and how we can change our internal functioning at the biological level in order to improve our external functioning, bringing more serenity and success into our lives. The Internet of the Mind podcast is a new way for me to deliver information and tools in a way that's easily consumable by our clients and website visitors. We all know how much the smartphone has changed the world. Some of us like to sit at a computer or laptop, while others use only their cell phones these days. And with our busy lives, it's not difficult to see why that is. So this is one reason we're doing the podcasting. We continue to support all the other ways that we deliver our information and tools, including the Internet of the Mind blog, the Serenity Cafe Academy, the Oasis at Serenity Cafe, and our primary website, serenitycreationsonline.com. After 10 years as a therapist, in 2002, I went into private practice. That was 20 years ago. So this is our 20th anniversary on the Internet. I initially put that first website up in order to provide tools and resources for my clients to use in between sessions. So some of you have been with me that entire time. I want to thank you for your support and for your patience during my learning curve. We've come a long way since 2002. We hope these resources have been helpful. To those of you who are new, welcome and feel free to contact us anytime you have comments or questions or feedback. We definitely appreciate all the feedback we can get. Now, one more bit of exciting news that we are happy to be celebrating as well. Ten years ago, I published the first book in my Thawing the Iceberg series. So we're celebrating two milestone anniversaries in the same year. Thaw, Freedom from Frozen Feelings, is now ten years old, and I'm ten years wiser. As part of that celebration, I intend to give Thaw a complete makeover. I will be releasing the second edition sometime this year by the grace of God. I've learned a lot in the past 10 years, and much of it is going to be included in that book, as well as on this Substack and this new podcast. Having said all that, let's get on with today's episode. This episode is entitled The Flashlight of Awareness, Part 3. There's no such thing as negative. I'd like to elaborate a bit on that formula I brought up in the Flashlight of Awareness Part 1 and Part 2. You can find those on my substack at doncarter.substack.com. The one that says that there's no such thing as negative, only the absence of positive. I'd like to explore that a little further in order to make it clear how we can be the authors of our own pain. As I pointed out in the videos, Emmett Fox is an engineer turned biblical scholar. You may have heard of him by his most popular work entitled The Sermon on the Mount. Emmett pointed out that there's no such thing as darkness, only the absence of light. No such thing as cold, only the absence of heat. Absolute zero is 459.67 degrees. That's the absolute absence of heat, and therefore as cold as it can possibly get. I also shared in that original video my contemplation of the idea that if Emmett was right, then that formula means that there's no such thing as negative, only the absence of positive. 
Now here's where we went into the discussion of whether or not there's a devil or if it's simply the absence of God. That took us into the realm of the spirit, that is, the spiritual plane. While the Bible does confirm that our enemy, Satan, does indeed exist, he exists in the spiritual realm. Unless he possesses someone's material body as demonstrated in the Bible. Another one of my favorite teachers, Bill Gillum, is fond of pointing out that we are not physical beings with a spirit. We are spiritual beings in an earth suit. He goes on to explain that we exist here in the material world in an earth suit, our body. But we are spiritual beings made in the image of God. He calls it an earth suit because you can't take it off the planet or it will die without life support. Bill likened it to when Jesus came to earth in an earth suit. Even though he is a spiritual being, he came to us in an earth suit, a body. Now, his particular earth suit did die, but he was resurrected in a new body, which will never die. We'll be getting one of those someday, but that's another story. So, we need this body to exist on the material plane, but whether we know it or not, we are spiritual beings connected to the spiritual plane as well. And since we are spiritual, even if we don't realize that, our enemy, the father of lies, can communicate with us in our thoughts in the same way that God and the Holy Spirit communicates with us in our thoughts. Those of you who know me are fully aware that Psalm 91 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. The first verse of that psalm says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It can be 125 degrees in the Middle East. Therefore, anything that casts a shadow is protection. Therefore, under the shadow of the Almighty means under the protection of the Almighty. The word shall means it's a promise. Either God meant what he said or he did not. But there's a condition that must be met in order to be eligible for that promise. In order to be under the protection of the Almighty, I must dwell in his secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Where is this secret place? Down the street, around the corner, up in a cloud? I believe the secret place is in the moment-to-moment -moment experience of being me. It's in my mind. It's in that present moment. Remember, everything that you just heard is in the past. Everything you're going to hear is in the future. This moment is the present, which is an appropriate name because it's a gift that you have the free will to use however you wish. Now, here's the kicker. I believe that there are two secret places in our mind. One of them is real and the other a lie. But both of them are experienced in the mind. And we have the free will to choose the one upon which we will dwell. Definitions of dwell. Number one, to live as a resident, to reside. Number two, to exist in a given place or state. Number three, to fasten one's attention upon something, especially moodily or persistently. A synonym is to brood. Now, this part bears repeating because it's critical that we understand. Everything I just said is in the past. Everything I'm going to say is in the future. My mind is that moment-to-moment -moment sliver of time where we experience being ourselves. It's the now, as they say in Gestalt therapy. 
And since we are spiritual beings in an earth suit, both God and devil have access to our mind from the spiritual plane. And we have the free will to choose between the truth and the lie. How do we know which is which? As we've established earlier, there is no such thing as negative, only the absence of positive. That would make a lie the absence of truth. It does not exist. It's a lie. Now, we are all mark missers, which means that by our earthly nature we are going to miss the mark from time to time and focus on the negative as if it's real. And because of that it might as well be, as we'll find out. But here's the challenge. When we dwell there, when we choose to leave our flashlight of awareness focused on the negative as if it's real, then we realize it. We real-I-Z-E. We realize it or make it real, at least to ourselves. How does that work? The short answer is because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, 14. Isn't it amazing that Olympic athletes continue to break records every year? How do they do that? With advances in neuroscience, athletic competition has reached a whole new level. Not only are athletes preparing their body for competition, they are also preparing their mind. Most of the greatest athletes over time have intuitively understood that in order to do amazing things, they have to be able to see themselves in their mind's eye doing amazing things. Many studies of the mind have been done with Olympic athletes. One of the major findings is that when the athletes simply imagine doing their event in a meditative state with smells and sounds of the field in the background, every part of the mind and body involved in that event would light up as if it were actually doing so. The body did not move, but the mind was unaware. The only thing the mind can be aware of is wherever you shine that flashlight in your mind's eye. So I say we realize whatever we focus our awareness on because whatever we see in our mind's eye lights up our nervous system as if it's real. So it might as well be real. We have been trapped by the enemy until we refocus our flashlight on the truth. Will it be as easy as that? Just refocus our flashlight? No, because if we've been realizing rational lies the majority of the time, then our nervous system is habitually conditioned to focus upon those lies. We need a new habitat. In order to get that, we need to recondition our nervous system to fit. Watch my Mental Filters and Normalcy Bias video for a brief description and demonstration of how this transformation can take place. So. With all this, now he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High takes on a whole new meaning. The question I have to ask myself is, which secret place am I dwelling in? Is my mind, my flashlight of awareness, focused on the secret place of the Most High, or the secret place of that old lying wannabe Most High? Again, how do we know the difference between the truth and the lie? because the lie is negative and we can confirm the truth in the book of truth. As I was working on this podcast, I woke up one morning with an epiphany of sorts. I had always contemplated a passage in Matthew repeated by Jesus on two separate occasions. I knew because he repeated it, they must be very important. It finally clicked with me that 
the passages were summarizing what I've been explaining in these articles on the flashlight of awareness. In Matthew 13, right after the parable of the sower, Jesus' disciples came to him. They asked him why he spoke to the people in parables. He replied, The knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Then he said, Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what little he has will be taken away from him. So he who has focuses on what he has, which is positive, and to him more will be given, which is addition. And he who has not focuses on what he doesn't have, the negative, and because of that, the little he has will be taken away, subtracted. Twelve chapters later, in Matthew 25, right after the parable of the talents, verse 29, Jesus repeats that same thing almost word for word. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Matthew 25, 29. In the parable of the sower, there were four types of soil. Shallow soil, negative. Rocky soil, negative. Weedy soil, negative. And good soil, positive. Only the seeds that fell upon the good soil thrived. In the parable of the talents, a master went away on a long trip and instructed three of his servants to grow some of his money while he was gone. To the first servant he gave five talents. Upon his return, that servant returned him ten talents from an investment. His focus was on addition, positive. To the second servant he gave two talents. Upon his return, that servant returned him four talents from an investment. He also focused on the positive and was able to add talents to what he was given. To the third servant he gave one talent. Upon his return, that servant returned him the one talent he was given. The master asked him why he did not grow his money. The servant said he was afraid, because the master was a hard man. That servant focused on the lies, the negative, and what little he had was taken and given to the first servant. The master told the first two servants, Well done, thou good and faithful servants. He chastised the third servant and took that money away. So, to summarize, with my free will, I can choose to dwell on the truth in the secret place of the Most High, God's will. Or, I can dwell upon the rational lies in the secret place of the wannabe Most High, self-will. Because they look true, sound true, and sometimes even feel and taste true, we are conditioned to give in to those lying temptations. Remember, we're after progress, not perfection. It will take practice to retrain the brain to shine that flashlight of awareness on the truth. Before long, you will be dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast was helpful.